This is a beautiful world. In a situation like this, the particular thing that can drive up fear for people is that the stakes feel very, very high, yet their personal sense of power feels very low. That's Anne Scott Dumas, a Minneapolis psychotherapist who works with anxiety and trauma. She's talking about ways to overcome fear and thrive during this time of self-isolation. That combination of high stakes and low power can be really quite overwhelming to the nervous system. And that's the recipe for a word that we hear a lot these days, which is trauma. That really sends the nervous system into a particular gear, which is the gear of trauma. She says one way to decrease our fear is to increase our sense of power in places where we do have impact and influence. Getting the stakes to feel more manageable probably involves fairly basic and obvious things like getting realistic information about what we know and what we don't know. That can maybe help us not spin out into imagining really what we don't know yet, which can make the stakes go really high. She says one good guideline is to control what you can, your space, your actions, and yourself. Find what nourishes you. Find what helps you move from a sense of crisis to a sense of opportunity, where your focus goes on to, how can I use this time well? How can I actually cultivate things that are important to me and make this a meaningful time, a valuable time? a growthful time, you know, maybe even uh, an enjoyable or creative time. So I'm not just trying to endure it. Some people might have a hard time focusing on the positive right now. And Dumas says that's normal. If there's the sense that something is wrong, we have a kind of a built-in what's wrong attention. And we feel like we can't take our eye off of what's wrong because number one, it might jump out and get us. And number two, you know, we might look like we're being sort of cavalier or sort of uninformed or even irresponsible or crass to not be focused all the time on what's wrong. But in fact, to focus on what's wrong is very metabolically expensive. It really burns out the energy in our bodies very quickly. And we're not really designed to focus that way. We're really designed to focus on what's wrong only as long as it takes to run from the tiger and climb the tree. And then our systems want to calm down again. We don't want to keep the what's wrong attention running 24-7. So it's actually better for our immune systems, better for our psychological well-being, and ultimately better for our community if unless the crisis is right in front of us, we really focus on what feels good. What helps us feel relaxed? What helps us feel connected? What helps us feel productive? What helps our nervous system settle into a more sustainable gear? So that's actually the responsible thing to do. Dumas says this is a good time to examine our relationship to stillness, to rest, to solitude. And this will come more naturally to some than others. But it's the people who struggle the most with stillness that may reap the most benefits from embracing it. And luckily, self-isolation is not all about being quiet. The other side of resting is accomplishing. So once we've had enough rest, then I think it is a good time to think about what can I get done? Clean, order, and repair. Maybe it's a good time to fix that door or fix that window or something. It starts to reflect back to you. 
hey i've got some agency i've got some power here my space looks better it's more beautiful it's more functional it's more clean and orderly I feel kind of in charge of my world. So go after that closet. Dumas encourages us to look for things that we enjoy doing and for things that we find beautiful. She also thinks it's a great time to connect with those we love, both near and far. It's a great time for those long-distance relationships because, honestly, everybody's going to be home. I mean, again, people are they are less busy. They're not going anywhere. They're probably feeling lonely, too. They might be a little bored. So... It'll never be a better time to reach out and probably find people eager to hear from you and uh, looking for something to do. And when we think in terms of connecting, she says sometimes we only think in terms of connecting with other people, but it's also an important time to connect with something larger, whatever that means to you. So that might mean nature. This might be a good time to take a walk in the natural world. Again, it could be a good time just to even look at photographs of nature, to listen to nature's sounds. It could be a good time to do yoga, to pray, to chant, to do spiritual reading. You know, whatever it is, it helps you feel like there's sort of a larger web here, and I'm part of it, and I can be connected into that something larger. Deep down inside, we want to know that the world is a better place because we're here, And however unclear it may be to other people how it is that we're trying to contribute, we're all seeking those little opportunities to see what can I bring that makes this a beautiful world. That was Anne Scott Dumas, a psychotherapist in Minneapolis specializing in anxiety and trauma. I'm Heather McElhatton, and this is A Beautiful World, NPR News. Brought to you with help from the Polad Family Foundation.